welcome to the Nashville Story. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. And on today's episode of the Nashville Story, we are joined by Chad Bishop. And uh, Chad is a good friend of mine, known him in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And uh, Chad has moved down here to write for Vanderbilt University. So we're going to be talking about uh, sports in Nashville, a topic that we don't necessarily get to talk a lot about on the podcast. So Chad is going to help us a lot with that. We're going to be talking about college sports. We're going to be talking about professional sports, what the sports environment is Nashville like, and uh, also, you know, a little bit of Nashville food. So we hope you enjoy this episode of Nashville Daily with Chad Bishop. Chad Bishop, welcome to the Nashville story. We are uh, happy to to have you on. Where where are you uh, calling in from? Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm pretty pumped about this. Been talking about it for weeks. Um, I'm in East Nashville. Uh, moved to Nashville a couple of years ago, and we settled in uh, in East Nashville, uh, not quite not quite knowing what we were getting into. And then we recently bought a new house and decided to stay in East Nashville because we oh, love it. Awesome. So uh, we're over here, kind of in the Shelby Shelby Hills area, kind of over by Shelby Park, Shelby Bottoms. So uh, if you're familiar, just kind of on that side of town. Do you go, do you guys go to that yeah. park pretty often? All the time um, with with a young son. He loves a little playground there that's full of dump trucks. And then I'll walk <laughs> the dog over there. And I mean, it's the greatest park. You know, last time I went over there, just a family of deer just walked out right in front of us, you know, across the trail. So we love going over there. It's, it's our favorite. Do you see I I've, I've see on the East Nashville Facebook page all the time with foxes and like coyotes and stuff? <laughs> Do you see have any any of those crossed your path yet? Not not yet. I, I've seen I've seen some hawks uh, and I've seen some raccoons and possums, but no no foxes or coyotes yet. But we are at the top of a hill, so who knows what's up here? Maybe maybe there's some oh, bears in East Nashville or something. I don't know. We were downtown two weeks ago. Saw a bald eagle flying over the Cumberland River. So like right next to, and he landed <laughs> at Shelby Bottoms, like type area. Like so, where you know where that bridge is, yeah, uh, for sixty five or whatever. That like huge transition mm-hmm. downtown. He landed right behind that bridge, so he's wow. near your house. Yeah, I'll have to look out. I know I have a good friend who goes to Radnor Lake all the time, and he said he sees bald eagles all over the place. So maybe they're migrating to East Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> so Chad, uh, as I talked about before, we we started recording. We 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 don't give a lot of sports recap here on our podcast so we're excited to to bring your perspective of nashville into yeah. into the scene the only thing we've talked about is nashville was the sports city of the year for 2019 uh so we, we talk a lot about the development of 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 nashville with sports but uh we're, we're excited to talk with you about your your role and and sports in the nashville community uh but before we do that i'm uh, I, you know the title of this is your nashville story uh, so obviously you and I knew each other, uh, from, uh, a town just, uh, just North of here. How did you end up here in Nashville? Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's not that winding of a road, but a little bit. I, uh, I grew up in, in Gwinnett County, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, uh, Lilburn and Snellville were the two towns I was, I was growing up in, went to Brookwood high school, graduated there in 2001 and made my way down to Georgia Southern, uh, where I like to say I, I was a redshirt senior. I spent an extra <laughs> year down there. Took I was a fifth-year senior. Uh, took me five years to graduate from Georgia Southern University. Got into the uh, newspaper and sports writing business and, and was down, down in Statesboro, Georgia until 2009. 
then I was looking for new opportunities and I moved up to Bowling Green, Kentucky, which like you mentioned, just an hour north of here. And yeah, uh, I started uh, covering prep sports for a couple of years and then started covering Western Kentucky University from 2011 uh, until 2018, was still in newspapers and then in television a little bit. But in 2018, I got an opportunity with uh, 247sports.com and uh, they had an opening to cover Vanderbilt. So I commuted for a little bit between Bowling Green and uh, Nashville, which, you know. It's not that bad of a commute. It's not not that bad, but, you know, (laughs) that 65 can be very long at times, despite (laughs) only being an hour drive. So did that for a little bit. And then uh, me and the wife and our our newborn baby uh, moved down here. And and that was in the winter of 2018. Uh, And then I got a job with Vanderbilt University doing doing sports coverage and sports writing and sports content and uh, uh, been, been doing that ever since. So I've. I'm coming up on three years, um, I think November in Nashville. Uh, I, you know, I think you might be the first person that we've interviewed in the old media. I don't know if you consider it that, but mm-hmm. we're, we're heavy. What has that been like in, in a world of, of TikTok now and Instagram and mm-hmm. YouTube? And what is the world of sitting on, on somebody's front porch every morning and writing for for that what has that been like yeah it's it's totally flipped on its head you know when i when i first started out i was an intern in 2004 and i had a a pen and a paper and that's how i took notes and that's how i transcribed quotes you know talking to coaches and uh, players after the game and then um i didn't even have like a a tape recorder an old school tape recorder you know (laughs) now i got like a digital one that plugs into my computer and downloads the audio immediately but Mm. yeah i mean um you know i always tell people it's kind of I wish I could go back maybe 30, 40 years because I enjoyed just going to a game and just watching. Mm. But now it's, I have to tweet. I have to write the story as I go. I have to update, Mm. you know, this chat or this blog. And, um, you know, when you're in the content business at at a place like Vanderbilt or any division one athletics program, uh, you're worrying about Instagram stories. And like you mentioned, TikToks and who who else knows what's out there that you got to keep an eye on and and update and, and control um, so yeah, it's, it's completely different. The world is, is, is totally different in sports journalism. I've been fortunate that I never got laid off in the industry, but that's very rare. I mean, so many of my colleagues and friends who, who I grew up with in the industry, you know, had dream jobs, that, but there was cutbacks and, and they got let go and had to go a different route. So, excuse me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a wild journey for sure in that industry. Uh, but it's been a fun one as well. Yeah, I, so just for for anybody watching, uh, you know, whenever WKU played, if you wanted to know scores and you weren't there, you didn't check Google, you checked Chad, and you went to Chad's Twitter and and you and you and you checked his his Twitter account because uh, you were you were by far lightning fast on there uh, of getting those updates. Has it, what has it been like with Vanderbilt? Are you still lightning fast on the keys there? Or has has your perspective of how you're putting out that information changed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you uh, very much for that. <laughs> for that. I'll I'll send you your check in the mail after yeah, this yeah, is over. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it has changed a little bit. You're right. You know, when I first started out in the industry, I created a Twitter account. I remember my own personal Twitter account probably back in 2011. And I mean, I was on that thing 24-7. I mean, I was <laughs> answering tweets at like 2 in the morning or, or 8 a.m. Um, you know, but nowadays, no, I mean, if you go to my Twitter feed, you know, depending on the day, probably five to 10 times a day, whereas back then it was probably like 50 to a hundred <laughs> times a day, you know? So, uh, because it's, it's just kind of a different, it's a different world. I think Twitter has kind of 
Um, it's still lightning fast when it comes to information. I mean, look at the weather. That's people are checking Twitter, right, to see what's going on yeah. with the weather and Instagram. But um, but I don't think it's maybe as nearly as as big or as popular as as it once was. And and um, you know, especially working for Vanderbilt, you have the team accounts. If you want to know a Vanderbilt baseball update, you go to Vandy Boys or you go to Vandy Football, and not necessarily me. So uh, it it's slowed a little bit, but I still do enjoy posting updates and, and posting silly stuff on the twitter.com <laughs> so for writing for vanderbilt what sports do you primarily cover all of them um <laughs> <laughs> you took you know, it headstrong yeah um no mainly mainly football and men's basketball women's basketball and, and soccer and baseball sort of the the major team sports um you know i've written stories about cross country and lacrosse and track and field and, and tennis and golf and some of those know what they call you know minor sports but uh you know mainly like you know last week sat down with clark lee the new football coach and did a one-on-one with him i was at memorial gymnasium to watch kentucky and vanderbilt recently so mainly to answer your question a long way mainly the the big sports but but i dabble in all of them because vanderbilt's uh uh it doesn't get i know we'll probably get in you talked about national sports right vanderbilt doesn't get the coverage it used to probably mm. 10 20 years ago because of the predators nashville sc the titans um you know triple a baseball so um they're they're kind of looking to push out their own content not a lot of people are, are coming to cover a vanderbilt lacrosse game so that's kind of why i'm on board mm. and i'm in house to be able to kind of push out some of that content get that twitter energy going back <laughs> that's right that's right Andy. um what is speaking of, of what you you said you know vanderbilt doesn't get the covers that they used to what have you noticed about living down in nashville now that you've been here obviously you you were aware of what was coming down in nashville but living here what have you noticed about nashville in relation to to sports what what kind of city are we uh as far as fans atmosphere all that yeah i, I think um the the first thing i notice is is the titans love is passionate and strong i mean i you know growing up in atlanta Granted, the Falcons historically have not been a good football franchise, so people have never been that really incredibly passionate about the Atlanta Falcons. But here, uh, there's just something about it. I mean, you see tighten up flags all over the city. Uh, you know, just my we mentioned Twitter. My Twitter feed is just jam packed full of Titans news all day, every day. Mm. So I think that's first and foremost that it's it's very much an NFL city and people do very much live and die, you know, by whether talk radio, you know, the Titans lose a game, fire the coach, the Titans win a game, they're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, every week it's, it's, it's an interesting chatter to listen to. But the second thing that, you know, I find incredibly interesting is the predators. Of course, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, this, this town has also very much become a predators town that people just love that hockey team. And that that's a little bittersweet for me being an Atlanta boy, because I had the thrashers back in the day. And I love the Atlanta Thrashers and they broke my heart and they moved to Winnipeg. And mm. so I never really had a hockey team again. Um, so I still, I, I watch the Predators a little bit. I'm not ready to, to, to go full on <laughs> Predators. And, and I go to, I go to Predators games and I still wear my Thrashers sweaters and I'll still go, Hey, Thrashers, go Thrashers, you know, some <laughs> high fives in there. And, and my wife thinks I'm an idiot, but um, so that's something I, I, I shoot. I even uh, drove home from campus the other day and a Predators game was letting out in the middle of a pandemic and, streets are filled with people, you know, and their predators gear. So I think that's really cool. The the one thing I'm very curious to see is how Nashville SC does. You know, I think it's pretty disappointing that their season started and then the pandemic hit because that first game 
which I was at because of yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody was there, right? The yeah. whole freaking city was there. Would that have lasted? Would that have continued? And then, you know, they had a, a very, you know, very good second season. How would the fan turnout been? So I, I just think, you know, watching the city get a hockey team, a football team, a major league soccer team, uh, you know, it's it just kind of speaks to the growth. And And really, to me, when I look at major league soccer, that's really kind of a shift in the American sports landscape, really, right? Like, because you're getting a lot of young people. It's a two-hour game. Beer is encouraged. Uh, craft <laughs> beer is encouraged. You know, like chance and jumping up and down and being kind of wild and silly. You know, but then you go home after two hours. So it's not an investment to watch a four-hour football game and tailgate all day. And and it's it's relatively inexpensive to go to. So I think that's that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Nashville's kind of youth movement as a city to get a soccer team in here and, and see how that grows. I'm excited to see it. What are your thoughts about a uh, professional baseball team coming mm-hmm. to Nashville stars? What are, what's your thought about that? I, I really feel like it's only a matter of time. You know, you look at the big names behind that movement. What was it? You know, Justin Timberlake, I think was the latest guy Justin to kind Timberlake, of do Luke, Luke Combs, Combs, Darius Rucker. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Tim Corbin, who I know over here at Vanderbilt has been behind that from day one. It just seems like it just has such, you know, such momentum really the question, right, is whether Major League Baseball wants to expand or a team, you know, decides to move to the yeah. city. Uh, you know, if that happens, they'll they'll find a way to build a new stadium or, or redo, you know, where the Nashville Sounds play or something. I, I just – I don't know if it's five, year, five years, ten years. I, I would be shocked if it doesn't happen. I mean, it would – it just seems like there's so such a snowball, excuse the terrible winter pun, there's such a snowball effect happening with that movement. I think it's it's definitely going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, another big thing is racing. Uh, NASCAR is coming back to Nashville. We're getting the Grand Prix this summer. So what's your thoughts on racing coming to Nashville? Yeah, the the, the funny, it's, um you know, Grand Prix is, is crazy because I live pretty within view of the of the downtown skyline i'll be able to maybe sit on my back porch and hear those engines revving oh, through the city cool. when that happens i mean um yeah again it's just i think it just goes to show that you know the kind of the local sports leadership is trying to draw more of these big events um you know to town getting nascar to come back in the grand prix and um again all these you know to me all these like big sports movements and sports teams all it does is just bring eyeballs to the city and people look at it and say, Oh, look at those cars driving through. I wonder if that'd be, maybe that'd be a cool place to live. You know, I always tell people Nashville reminds me of Atlanta because when I grew up, Atlanta was a huge city, but then the Olympics came mm. and that changed everything. And Nashville reminds me of that in the sense that you got a hockey team and a football team now and a soccer team is, you know, is here and, and all these other things. And people are starting to watch Nashville on TV and saying, Hey, that's a cool city. Maybe I should move there. And I think it all goes hand in hands. That's how I view things from my sports lens, of course. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the World Cup is going to be happening here in 2026? I, I would think so. You know, I, I remember going to uh, some qualifiers at Nissan Stadium uh, before, which have been amazing. And you talk about a tailgate and an atmosphere, man, <laughs> US, USA soccer. That's that's where it at. I mean, I got my fingers crossed for big events like that because, I mean, again, you know, you, you get people from even people from other countries coming to to check out the match, and that only helps the international population grow. And again, going kind of kind of back to my theory of Atlanta, you had the Olympics come, and so many international uh, people came to live in the city, you know, and never left, and it made Atlanta that much better. And I think that would be big 
you know, for Nashville as well to get some folks from, from outside the country to move in, you know, check out the city and be like, Hey, this would be a cool place to, to bring my family. So yeah, fingers crossed that uh, world cup events are here as well. Yeah. And when I think of big events, the thing that comes to mind is the NFL draft. I mean, that thing was just insane. 20, I mean, we were 2019, you know, sports city of the, of the year for the United States NFL draft, no doubt like the breaking records of attendance in there made that happen. Um, that event was insane. And then also NASCAR holding their convention in Nashville uh, and, and seeing those cars revving on Broadway, doing donuts and everything. 2019 was a great year for, for Nashville in those regards. You know, and, and again, any I think it helps too that when those things happen and they get pulled off, it gives other you know, uh, leagues and organizations. Oh, I mean, look at the Music City Bowl, which has been running in this town forever. And um, if you've ever been around the Music City Bowl and gone down to Broadway a day or two before the game, they have the pep rallies and the parades. And um, it's just year after year, these big events come to the city and they get pulled off. And then other people say, well, maybe we should do that. Maybe, we, you know, maybe we should move that event to Nashville. Look what they did. Maybe we'll have a Super Bowl in Nashville. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but you never know. You know, I mean, um, I mean, it could happen with everything else that has happened to this point and, and things that are scheduled in the near future. And, and then a pandemic comes. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine as a sports writer, you're like, um, hello, what am yeah. I supposed to do right now? What was it like entering? I, I'm sure it was just full of uncertainty. Yeah. I mean, just like it was for everyone else, you just didn't know, didn't know what to do. I mean, when it hit, you know, I'll give you my pandemic story. I was at Bridgestone Arena. Um, Vanderbilt was in the SEC tournament for that first round of games that oh, Wednesday, yeah. that Wednesday night. And uh, games were getting canceled left and right. And I'll never forget the public address announcer came on and said, fans, uh, for the remainder of the tournament, no fans will be allowed. For, and people started booing. You know, <laughs> And looking back, that's hilarious because there weren't any games after that. They, they yeah. shut down the tournament and then they shut down the sports world. Um, so yeah, it was a very uncertain time for everyone. Uh, I know that's a common phrase, these uncertain times, but it was, I mean, when are games coming back? Uh, are people, people still aren't allowed uh, at games, right? I mean, Vanderbilt yeah. has had very, very limited attendance when it comes to sporting events, you know? So it's like, we, we kind of caught our breath, you know, for a month or two, uh, speaking from a Vanderbilt perspective. And then we just started to, you know, tell stories. How is this person dealing with it? How is this team dealing with it? Uh, this young lady's a, a nursing major and also a star soccer player. So what's her perspective or, or this, you know, young lady is a, is going to be a doctor and she's also on the swimming team. So sort of things like that, talking to some medical professionals who are involved with sports, sort of telling those stories. And then slowly practices began again, schedule started to come out. Things and sort then they of got canceled and then they got scheduled. And then again. they got canceled and postponed <laughs> and canceled. I mean, you know, week in and week out, it changes, but uh, it was just sort of like treading water, you know, for a little bit, not really sure which direction we were going to go, but things have, have started to return and, and started to be a little bit, maybe as normal as they can be without fans around. Uh, Vanderbilt had a historic football year this year uh, with having the first female punter uh, in the SEC. I think right? score in the SEC. Is that right? She was she was a lot of things. Yeah, she was the, the first, you know, female to appear in a game at, at that level of college football, which is, you know, SEC or Power Five. That happened at Missouri. Uh, she had a kickoff uh, against Missouri, but then she came back a couple weeks later in a home game against Tennessee uh, and, and kicked an extra point, kicked a couple extra points. Uh, so she was the first uh, female to score and play at the Power Five SEC level. 
uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, just an outstanding young woman. Um, I had done a couple of stories on her before all that happened as a, as a soccer player. She's a senior keeper mm. on the soccer team and had just won an SEC championship with a soccer team. And crazy wild story, you know, the uh, student body had split for Thanksgiving. Um, Vanderbilt's, you know, male kickers had been contact traced or had co- a positive COVID test and they didn't have any kickers. And if Vanderbilt soccer would have lost a day or two earlier, Sarah Fuller would probably be at home too and probably wouldn't have been available either. Wow. But they just happened to get back that day of practice. Uh, and, and she had the strongest leg on the team and they called her up and, and she, she went for it and history was made. And then she went, she was part of the inauguration. She's been a part of um, Super Bowl commercials and all sorts of, you know, big time um, uh, sports chats across the country and featured in all sorts of things. And it's been really, really cool to, to watch and be a, a very, very, very small part of. I, I think we'll stay on the, the college side of things for a little bit. Um, I think one of the most interesting things that hasn't gotten enough coverage, at least from a, I'm, I'm not a huge sports consumer, but I think one of the most interesting things for me about college athletes is the ability to monetize their brand. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what has that been like from your perspective, seeing all of that? I'm, I mean, there's still mm-hmm. probably still a lot of unknowns, but what is that? been like for seeing with you seeing that stuff happen yeah it's 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 definitely a constant uh discussion being now inside of a university and inside of the ncaa because uh it's been an ongoing debate you know forever and and when you see uh you know schools in the sec or big 10 or acc wherever and they make these millions and billions of dollars from television revenue and, and contracts um and then you know the young folks are out, out there, you know, putting it all on the line, blood, sweat, and tears, right? And not getting really any much more than the scholarship. You know, they were given them the opportunity and the education to go there. A lot of people say that's enough. You know, that's a difference of opinion. I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's pretty wild to think that, you know, someone like Sarah Fuller, you know, we just mentioned can really bring Vanderbilt University kind of to a worldwide stage and, and Vanderbilt probably would be in line to make some sort of profit from that. And, and she will end up, you know, getting nothing really, sure. honestly. Um, now, you know, you can say after, after their career is over, sure, they can sign some sponsorship deals and maybe they go pro and they sign a big contract, but that's, that's really rare for the majority of college athletes. So uh, the, the, the roundabout way of answering your question is it's, yeah, it's, it's something that's constantly been made aware to us and how to handle it. And it's, probably coming sooner than later that there'll be some way that these young people can put a little extra money in their pocket from, you know, their Instagram feeds or their Twitter feeds or their TikToks or uh, whether it's, you know, stipends or shoe deals or something to kind of help, especially those who are maybe a little less fortunate than, than the rest uh, to get a little bit extra money to help their families out. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm very interested to see the way that, that that's going to flourish, especially, you know, with the school, like, Vanderbilt I think a lot of weight is behind that name and so I think a lot of cool opportunities will be able to hit you know teams all across the spectrum with that speaking of Vanderbilt you know you get the inside perspective on Vanderbilt um, and I, I think one of the cool things that I've heard about Vanderbilt student athletes is that with other schools student athletes are athletes first students sometimes and Vanderbilt has a little bit of a different story on how their athletes have to 
meet these certain requirements. What what has that been like seeing that probably close up? Yeah, it, it's crazy. I um, you know, I, I I'm trying to think how to phrase this because I don't want to disparage any other program <laughs> I've ever covered. But you know, you you you. Uh, I'll start with recruiting. Okay, so you know, before Vanderbilt, I worked for twenty four seven Sports, and that was a recruiting website. And so what I, I would have to call 17, 18 year olds on the phone and ask why they're interested in Vanderbilt. And it wasn't, uh, I like the coach and the city's cool and uh, I like the color. It was, uh, well, I'm going to be a biochemistry major and uh, thinking about going into med school and, um, mm. you know, all, and just and just every young person I speak to, whether they're a recruit, whether they're a current student, a graduate, I mean, it. It, their their conversation is well over my dumb head because I don't you know it's just that it, it's really impressive to hear that you know the the type of people that go to Vanderbilt and and what they become and what they study and and just the things they think of um you know just outside of campus outside of athletics uh, it's incredibly impressive day in and day out and it makes it a lot of fun because you never have to worry about a bad interview or a, or a bad story I mean every single one of these kids is is brilliant honestly uh, it doesn't matter what sport they're playing. Uh, they all have in, incredible endeavors, uh, especially, you know, after they leave West End, they're going on to some major, major, you know, business and academic things. So it, it's been real fun and real different. And it makes it makes my job a lot easier because I never leave an interview or a story going well. Uh, I don't know what to write about here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it it's really cool. And, and, and sometimes, you know, Vanderbilt athletics gets made fun of a little bit for that because they think of, you know, they're more of an academic Ivy League sort of school. And so to, but I mean, that's, you know, even if you talk to a Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter, who are the two top MLB draft picks coming up, I mean, those kids are brilliant. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the level at which they speak and the maturity at which they speak is, is on a different playing field than most kids. How large is the student body now at Vanderbilt uh, with the graduate and undergraduate uh, studies? You know, I think that's, I think it's between five and 10. Don't, don't quote me on that. I think it's somewhere around there. And and if, if, if this goes public and I get it wrong, I may be reprimanded for that. So I'm going to put a disclaimer <laughs> out and say, um, that's uh, I, I'll invite the public to find out for themselves. Go to Vanderbilt.edu. There you yeah, go. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, with, with Vanderbilt's, program baseball is always i think a big mm-hmm. large topic of conversation with vanderbilt sports um w- w- are, are you excited I, I guess baseball is probably the thing that's that's coming up there so what are you looking forward to in the 2021 lineup for sports at vanderbilt yeah i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what vanderbilt baseball looks like uh you know it, it's funny you mentioned it because i wrote about it this week i mean in 2019 they won the national championship yeah in 2020 they were going to be expected to repeat and that season really never happened yeah so really nobody really knows what 2021 vanderbilt baseball is going to look like they have the two aces that i mentioned kumar rocker and jack Leiter. jack Leiter is the son of al Leiter, who pitched a long time for the mets and the yankees wow. um so they're the two two of if not the top mlb draft picks in 2021 uh they are they are That's pitchers incredible. and yeah it, I'm imagine facing that on the weekend, you know, I mean, you're not going to win, um, but you know, they have an incredibly talented lineup and, and, you know, position players outside of that as well. I mean, they're, they're going to be challenging for the sec title again. So I'm very curious to see how they've kind of handled the pandemic and not playing in 2020 and kind of see where they go. And then, you know, kind of looking further down the line, Vanderbilt has a new football coach, you know, they're coming off yeah. an 0 and nine season and they were three and nine the year before that. 
Uh, Clark Lee played fullback at Vanderbilt. He went to Montgomery Bell Academy. Um, and so he's a local guy, and he's come in and sort of switched the narrative and, and taken the program in a different direction. But he's got a long road ahead because they're definitely – rebuilding if i don't even know if they're at ground zero they might be below that and so they're trying to <laughs> trying to you know honestly trying to dig their way hole out of that dig their way out of that hole um so that's going to be a fun fascinating story to see how vanderbilt football regroups because if we could tie it back to how we started this you know sports tickets are tough in this town and, and vanderbilt yeah. is is craving for fans yeah but you know you've got a lot of options now in oh my gosh, city. Yeah. and and so are you going to spend your saturday you know, watching Vanderbilt football, that's kind of the battle they're up against. But that's Clark Lee's job. And so I'm curious to see how he kind of gets this thing going. I'm I'm curious because I, I, I like the, the college aspect of this. I think, like you said, it gets overshadowed mm-hmm. with a lot of Nashville. I mean, you and I from Bowling Green, um, you know, Bowling Green is a college town. There are a lot of college towns. And then you have a lot of college sports here in in nashville and you'll find it attended like a high school baseball game mm-hmm. uh in in somebody's hometown um because it's just with with belmont's programs with lipscomb's programs even MTSU, though they don't you even though football's Peabody, yeah. not a part of all of that um I, I think the the college environment here is still pretty strong uh but the fans are, are like you said what they need to be found um what, what do you think is going to be the thing that's going to bring out the fans to these local college games winning i mean it, it's <laughs> it's always as simple as that no no matter what sport no matter what level um you know you look back at um I, sometimes i, I go in down a, a, a wormhole and looking at historic vanderbilt football pictures and you mm. can do that you can go you can google vanderbilt yearbook archives and you can find the links and uh, it's really cool to see some of the pictures from like the 40s and 50s and 60s and that stadium vanderbilt stadium was packed i mean wow. you could but there wasn't any competition, right? Yeah. I mean, and and so again, as 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 time kind of goes this way, Vanderbilt continues to climb that sort of uphill battle of trying to get new fans and new people into those gates because you know the older fans have, have stopped coming because the product hasn't been that good. So now yeah. you got you got kind of these two diverging you know systems: the young people and the older people, and trying to get everybody into that stadium. Yeah. Again, if, if the team starts winning, people will start to come. Um, that that goes for any program across the city, across the state, and so that's that's what Vanderbilt has to figure out how to do is to start win games in football, and their fans will start to fill up that that stadium again. It would help if the, if they uh, you know had a little bit newer stadium or did some remodeling of that stadium. That's kind of always been a little bit of drawback of Vanderbilt. Maybe that'll yeah. happen soon. We kind of all got our fingers crossed on that one, but even even their their basketball mm-hmm. arena is pretty old. Uh, isn't their basketball one of the ones with the raised court? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was built in the in the mid fifties, and it was built kind of as a as a theater and a, and a basketball gymnasium. And so the the teams sit on the baseline, which is very different. Um, that first row of seats is kind of below the floor which which is very odd so it has a very nostalgic and very unique feel and some people love it and some people hate it uh, but it's certainly different but you know I think you know the basketball facilities maybe not as much in dire need as that football facility is especially when you look around the conference and around the country at some of these pristine castles that these programs are building but yeah you know Again, none of that matters if you don't win. I mean, you can have the newest stadium in the world, but if you're 0-11, 0-12, no one's going to come. So 
Um, you just got to win. It, it doesn't matter what sport or what level. If you, if you win, people will come and support you and you'll kind of captivate the community around you. So in the last three years that you've been here, uh, have you been able to really find some good Nashville food? I was hoping you'd ask that question. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. A, I am a. I am a, a wannabe foodie. Uh, we have. I have a list in my phone of restaurants to try, and I can't keep up. You know, because yeah. they keep they keep coming up, and and uh, I'm you know separated into into categories. And we tried it pre-pandemic. We you know we we're trying to find a new restaurant at least once or twice a week, and we still you know try to do that. It's a little bit tougher with a lot of places being takeout only or, or closed half the time. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we love um, El Fuego uh, Mexican food, which is here oh, yeah. on, the, on the east side. Big fans of Five Points Pizza. You know, we get that quite often. We love Otaku Ramen. I mean, uh, my favorite barbecue is probably Smoke uh, Shotgun Willies, and I love the Gambling Stick as well. Mm. I mean, I could go on and on. I, you know, Proper Bagel is one of our favorites. Um, yeah, I just, you know, if people hate me because my Instagram feed is a lot of food pictures, but <laughs> <laughs> do, you, yeah. uh, do you have a favorite hot chicken restaurant? It's, uh, I still love Prince's. Honestly, my dad was in town recently and I took him to, <clears throat> to Prince's. He had never been. That's probably still my favorite. I mean, I, I, I like Hattie B's too. I, you know, the more I go to Hattie B's, I'm like, you know what? This is really good. You know, I don't care that it's touristy. It's really good. Uh, I've had slow burn, slow burn, which I yeah. like a lot too. 400 degrees i've had once i really like that although that yeah. was probably one of the hottest um i need to give bolton's another try because it's been a long time since i've been there but I, it's hard for me to go against princes I, I really do love princes now in the vanderbilt area obviously i think proper bagels probably a spot that comes from there it's got a nice little midtown mm-hmm. food scene there where's your go-to if you want to get something close to campus or even on campus that that the pub that vanderbilt has is awesome yeah i um uh, well, there's a pub there's a pub on vanderbilt yeah i had no idea well we'll have to shed a tear for rotiers uh that yeah. was that was one of my go-to's yeah. love loved rotiers and it unfortunately closed um martin's barbecue just opened a new location right there next to campus and mm. that's great to walk in you know just for a barbecue sandwich love that and of course can't go wrong brown's diner it's a little bit away but it's pretty close to campus you know not within walking distance but uh love going over there so and then you know yeah, that, that property just sold too recently oh. uh, somebody bought brown's diner they said they're keeping it open right for now but well, there's a possibility that it could if close. they don't uh, <laughs> I know yeah, so th- those are some of my favorites over there on the West end for sure. I'm trying to think if I'm leaving, I'm sure I'm leaving something out. Um, but yeah, I mean, over in the Belcourt area, like going to McDougal's for some chicken fingers from time to time. So yeah, plenty of good places over there. I, I think one of the interesting perspectives, I, I don't know how many uh, guests we've had on who are, have, have younger kids. Nashville and family friendly is kind of a debate. Mm-hmm. I think, what is your opinion on, nashville and is it truly family friendly or do you have to go and search for the things to do as a family or go down to franklin tennessee (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think it just depends on maybe how willing you are to maybe maybe force it into being family friendly right i mean we've we've been taking our little guy to breweries basically since he's been (laughs) born and uh, you know we go to east nashville beer works all the time and that Mm. is super family friendly i mean they got uh, a great outdoor space you know there's always kids there running around and awesome. they kind of like a wood chip area outside and they're actually building this my i hope i'm not breaking their own news 
but I think they're building a, a little playground outdoor area oh, that's, awesome. that's open in the spring. We used to go to Boomba's Pizza a lot. They had like a yeah, giant McDonald's, great. Yeah. yeah, McDonald's size like playground out back, and you could stand there and have a beer while your kid wore himself out. So yeah. we go to we go to a ton of parks around here. I mean, um, you know, we, we go to a ton of restaurants. I I don't know. I I don't I don't know if Nashville maybe is like super suburban like super family friendly but i think there's enough places that if you can figure it out you know there's enough playgrounds there's enough parks there's enough restaurants that 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 have activities for the kids i i don't i don't feel like uh, families are shunned i i don't take the kid to broadway i know that much but <laughs> but he's only he's, be the first i know but he's only two did. and a half i mean maybe when he's six like he has started playing <laughs> he has started playing the harmonica so we've joked that we <laughs> could like take awesome. take him down there with you know an open uh guitar case and uh-huh ask for dollar bills i mean why not right <laughs> oh man what has been something maybe just not on the on the family side but just on the adventure side for nashville either uh, you know, going to, you, you mentioned going to parks, but either attractions or, or things like that. Has there anything that's, that's stood out to you in those regards? Yeah, I, I would, I would say the parks for sure. I mean, we, we've, as much as we like to try new restaurants, we, we like to go to try to find a, a ton of trails to walk on, uh, Radnor Lake, I mentioned is one, yeah. um, I'm trying to think. There's some more on the west side. The name escapes me right now that we go to all the well, time. We even saw you on on 12 South. Just yeah, out. yeah, because we were just you know thinking you know where could we just walk you know and we went to the the park over there recently one day too to have the kid play at the playground. So um, it it's wild that there's just these so many greenway trails around with um, you don't even feel like you're in Nashville. You know when you go to Percy Warner was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we go up to up by the Opry. There's a, there's a walking trail that crosses the river, a big pedestrian bridge. Two rivers. Uh, yep. Yeah, two. I mean, so there's a, we we love doing that. We love exploring that. It's I mean, you're in you're still in Davidson County, but you'd never know it. So that that's been fun for us to sort of uh, adventure that way. And like I said, I mean, you see deer all the time. You see wildlife everywhere. Uh, that that's been a big plus and a big big surprise for our family. I think for sure. Have you been to the uh, Cornelia Four Air Park? Yeah. Oh yeah. This yeah. is amazing. Oh yeah, that's a lot of fun. In fact, I saw, I think I just saw in a newsletter they're going to have some some concerts there this spring, starting back well, up. So that'll be that'll so be really nice. cool. Yeah, that's that's a great place to take the dog on a walk or, or take the kid or do. I think uh, we had a friend recently who said they're going to start rollerblading over there. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's coming back. So I maybe I'll I'll pick <laughs> that up as well. I, I think with you when you mentioned the the Warner Parks there, uh, that made me think Iroquois just pushed back there. Uh, their horse racing uh, or their race again uh, for 2021. So uh, the we, uh, marathon. Yeah. Yep. So we should have brought uh, our, our good friend Brad in for an opinion on that because <laughs> he's been <laughs> dabbling in the, in the uh, horse racing a little bit, but um, what are some other kind of, uh, I don't know if oddball is the right word, but maybe things that, that in the sports world that doesn't get a lot of attention in Nashville uh, that's, that's here. I don't know if we've covered everything, but I'm sure there are a few things that you're like, hey, this is kind of a, a really fun thing in Nashville sports wise. And it just hasn't got the attention that the city of Nashville could give it. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know if there is anything. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I feel like I feel like everything is supported pretty well. Um, right. The Nashville sounds and, and predators and, um, you know, I, I, I would. I don't know if anybody's ever been to a Belmont basketball game, but that, I mean, that, I mean, that is, 
I mean, you're talking about a program that is only the Battle of the Boulevard is the only thing that that people will go to there. Well, they, they need to uh, they need to readjust their plans because that, <laughs> that program, I mean, that program is one of the best in college basketball. And, and mm. now, you know, during the pandemic, you know, the atmosphere is probably not like what it was, but um, sort you know, sort of that small college basketball atmosphere would I think would be one. Uh, that yeah. would be fun to maybe cross off your list of something you haven't done. I'm sure a Tennessee State home football game would probably be a ton of fun, um, yeah. especially if there's a battle of the bands because that's always you know great for from Tennessee State. So uh, you know, I would probably put a couple of those at, at my list. Maybe you know check out some of the smaller colleges in the area and maybe see what they have to offer. If maybe you're looking for a little bit of a smaller crowd, a little bit more of a family atmosphere instead of traffic and, and tailgating and rowdiness and um you know I, i'm sure the prices are a little bit lower too right we're talking about you know some family things to do maybe uh you know check out some small college sports yeah i i'm curious like uh you know going back to our conversation earlier i'm very curious on how the national soccer club is going to do this year they started with such momentum and you know basically ended up without a season um a tried and and you know, ended up without a season, hopefully starting up again. Um, so that's something that I'm personally looking forward to. And I hope, you know, Nashville can rally back around getting, you know, having that soccer team up. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to in 2021 in the sports world here in Nashville? Yeah, I think that I think that's that's huge because I, I look at, you know, I was never really a huge MLS fan until Atlanta got their own team and I became a huge supporter. It helps that they have they pretty much won since day one until last year where they fell off. Um, and, and I think it was going to hurt Nashville that they were playing at Nissan stadium and they didn't really have a home to call their own. But now that that is in the works, yeah, uh, I, I think that's big, but um, you know, you look at a team like, like Cincinnati who had tremendous fan support before they moved to the MLS, they moved up and they weren't any good. And that fan support dropped off. So hmm. where where will Nashville fall? You know, will it will it will it be sold out every game? Will it be well the team is good or there's a concert afterwards or the team's not any good or um, it's it's at the stadium or it's on a Sunday night, whatever the case may be. So yeah, super fascinating to see what happens there. I'm just uh, to me I'm just excited about sports returning to the way it was. Hopefully yeah. it can do that. That so we all start getting vaccines. The pandemic slowly goes away. Stadiums are full again. I, I love sports for the fans, for the atmospheres, for the chants, for the songs, for the for the um, the reactions. I mean, that's always more exciting to me than the, the plays on the field, honestly. Like, I, I love seeing a big time uh, court storming or, yeah. you know, a snowball fight in the stands or <laughs> I don't know, just like like crazy things that you only get when there's a packed house and, and, and people are just, you know, overwhelmed by emotion and excitement and you know, it's just for me right now, it's tough to watch an NBA game where nobody's there. You know, it just doesn't it just it was doesn't, tough for me to watch it before. And yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a whole separate issue. Um, it just, you know, even, you know, when I go to Vanderbilt basketball games or football games and there's nobody there, just it, it almost feels like a, an exhibition game. You know, yeah. it just doesn't it, watching MLB and there's no fans there watching the playoffs. It just it just all feels really different. So I just I hope in 2021 fans start to trickle back in things start yeah. to kind of return to normal games are not postponed anymore the star players not out because they've been contact traced uh, i know that's a lot to ask but i'm keeping my hopes up that that all happens <laughs> yeah chad where can people 
uh, follow your fun Twitter journey, your fun writing journey. Let us let us know where where we can continue following you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, VUCommodores.com is a great place to start. And then if you get on Twitter uh, or Instagram, it's at Mr. Chad Bishop, same handle for both. And um, just just say hello to me when you can. Awesome. Chad, we'll pump in some crowd noise, the 2021 style as we leave here. Exactly. Oh, that was great. We don't have to do any sound effects. Chad, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your snow day and joining us on the national story man again thank you guys so much for having me it's been awesome I'm gonna go go thaw out and that was chad bishop and uh, we know we could have talked food national and sports forever so we hope you give chad a follow for more of his food content and his sports content on his instagram and twitter we hope you enjoyed this episode of the national story uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at xplr.nash. We have amazing videos on YouTube, xplr.nash. You can learn about history, food, everything with those podcasts and those YouTube videos. All right. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The National Story. Follow us again for Monday's episode. We are doing a Music Monday installment with Kara Frazier. See you then. Oh,